the best Eagles basketball coverage. This is Creature Report. Hello and welcome back to the Screecher Report podcast. We got Elliot here and I'm Russell, as always. What's up? We just wrapped up the inaugural FGCU Screecher Report World of Beer watch party for men's basketball. Um, We had some great people come out, some good conversation. We got to watch a game that we will get more into in a bit. Just real quick before we break down anything, uh, I had a great time watching basketball. Um, Elliot, what kind of experience did you have? Did you have a good time? Yeah, it was cool for our you know first time. Had some friends come out, had some gift card given out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, no, it was cool. Uh, shout out to World of Beer for helping us out and making us feel like home. For sure, I, w- I want to thank everyone who came out. Um, I also want to thank World of Beer for you know letting us put that on. We are going to be doing this again on the 19th, Saturday the 19th, for another away game. So we can all come back out. We'll promo that and everything when the time gets closer. But one more thing about World of Beer. They have like stuff every night. They do all-day happy hours sometimes with a bunch of beer deals and you know shareable foods and stuff. They have karaoke. They have trivia, You know various themed categories and just general knowledge. But one thing they're doing uh, on Thursday nights is college nights. So anyone, FGCU student or whatever, Thursday nights, $8 shock top pitchers, and then uh, $10 truly pitchers. So, you know, definitely something to consider. So, you know, the recent two wins uh, tonight was against Lipscomb and a hell of a comeback. And then previously was an overtime thriller with Central Arkansas. And before all that was kind of a rough stretch for the Eagles that was tough to watch in spurts you and i russell finally had a one of our first games that we shut off there have been two games this year like and there have been bad you know there's been stretches of bad basketball played just like there's been stretches of really fun basketball played but it wasn't to the point where i'm like i don't know how to watch this and as far as on tv it was the kennesaw state game yeah that like I wanted to turn that off in the first half. <laughs> I gave it till the yeah. second half, but not that far into it. I was like, mm, "This is not going very well." Then uh, the home game against uh, uh, Bellerman. That was just the second half, just total total collapse. It was a tease because the first half was you know runs by each team, and then the second half happened. It was just one run, and it was not for FGCU. Um, but yeah, just not great basketball to watch. But sometimes, you know, when it when it is good, it's really good. So it's just it's been a weird kind of stretch. But it's like you see the talent, and and you just hope it's it's a matter of the switch flicking, you know, and and everything coming together. And if it has just happened right now, um, then that's awesome. If it happens in a few games, you know, you hope it kind of goes sooner than that. But yeah, yeah, it was a rough January for the Eagles going three and five i believe so starting february out strong with two um hard-fought wins you know going back to our recent wins uh it's good to good to see especially to get a comeback like we did tonight we're down 16 at the start of the second half and just had like a 30 some odd point swing um 
don't know what was said at halftime or don't know what Lipscomb said at halftime, but whatever Lipscomb said at halftime was not the right thing. <laughs> they probably said, Yeah, guys, just keep on cruising through the yeah. through the Eagles. So that was really cool to watch, uh, really cool to have live uh, for one of the first times ever in a bar because this is on ESPN Plus. Friends, family, family. Just a good time. And uh, some newcomers. For sure. And to back up your point, three and five in January with Bellerman being the last you know, bad loss. And if you go back one, it's the win over Eastern Kentucky. So at this point, Eagles have won three out of their last four. So it, it kind of depends on how you spin it. You can spin it negative. You can spin it positive. Um, but yeah, three out of their last four, two games straight, one more game against um, the West Division, and then it'll go back to everyone else in the East, um, the next game being against North Alabama on Wednesday. Just to go back to the January games, and a loss is still a loss, but the way I, I see it in my mind, you know, the game we played against Jacksonville, a last-second buzzer beater, those are like, it's a loss, but it's kind of like a coin flip. Like, that could have happened for us, too. Right. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, it, it was a, it's a tough loss, but it wasn't a blowout. The Kennesaw was erase that from history ever like that was, Kennesaw is better than they've been in the past that's for sure but correct no but I'm saying the loss itself yes. was just stupid garbage and same thing with the Liberty win like or not win they won against us but three-point loss for us. Darius McGee yeah 48 points like how can you not like how can you even be upset when you lose against that yeah you know what I mean like yep if Darius McGee had 12 well, he would never have 12. I but know, even but say I, something insane. If he had 30, like <laughs> right. instead of 48 so or whatever. He what I'm trying to get at is the Liberty loss and the Jacksonville loss were like, I guess just lucky. I don't want to say lucky. <laughs> Not lucky, but it's like the the buzzer beater at the end is kind yeah. of lucky. That's yeah, and then Darius McGee going out for forty eight is just is not a regular. It's a, it's a it's factor. Not a, it's not a regular thing. It's yeah. like a oh shit that was it's just a, it's a solar know, eclipse. Not lo- you know what I'm trying to say though. Mm-hmm. So those two losses are kind of like in the back of my mind, like and eh, they could have gone either way. Right, and the only teams that like you know beat the brakes off of us were Kennesaw. Kennesaw, that's it. Uh, everything else was, I mean, if you're there was losses, there was definitely disappointing moments in all the rest of the games. Yeah, and stretches, whether they're yeah. wins or losses. Right, there's just it's not it's not a complete you know brand of basketball. And even if you, we're going to just like in Lipscomb exactly, tonight, this, this the, game, the whole first half was very disappointing, and then the second is holy shit, why can't we do this right every time? Right, it's comforting that the good half came in the second half, though. <laughs> I much prefer that than the can we can we like not play so bad that we lose. But we have how many games left? Uh, six. six. Six regular season games. Our record's 15-9. and nine. And I know everyone's going to say, oh, but we need to be a two-half team from the start of the season. Yes, but we have six games left to figure out how to be that two-half complete it's, team it's going six into games, March. It's six games to figure out who you're going to be going into March. Correct. Whether that's a two-half team. Although, I, I would... I would probably now. I don't research every single team, you know, all three hundred some teams in NCAA Division One, but I would venture to say that there's at most like one handful of teams that are truly two half teams. <laughs> like, I feel like every every team has. I mean, your top twenty five. Moral of the story: There's not a lot of teams that are you know two half teams, complete game teams. Everybody's going to struggle. Um, 
even the best teams. And still, I, I think at 15 and nine at this point with the, the rough, you know, stretch that we're hoping they're climbing out of at this point, being 15 and nine, five and five in conference, um, is a pretty good spot to be in that five and five in conference is also currently good for third place in the East division, which means hosting the first round at least, which is, which is big. We, I mean, record wise, 10 and three at home now five and six away. So you definitely want, if you're going to play in a conference tournament, you're going to want to do it at home for FGCU. Let's talk some specifics from the Lipscomb game though. That's the game we did the watch party for. It's the game that we're here to talk about besides the season at large. But um, what, what did you think? Obviously, we know um, kind of a meh first half and then explosion in the second half. What are your takeaways? What are your impressions from what happened? And Yeah, first of all, I, I like the watch parties. It was fun, but I want this to become a regular thing. You know, I don't want to have to set up an event for fans and people of, of alike of Fort Myers and Estero to come in and say, oh, we, we need specific uh, accommodations to watch our team. Like I want to have this available going forward in multiple locations. But anyways, uh, l- well, the comeback. Um, just looking at the box score here. Obviously, Tavian Dunmartin was on for most of the night uh, with 22 points. You know, field goal percentage was you know where it should be. I think it was just a really well balanced attack from a lot of different players on the team. When you look at Zach Anderson. You know, he had 11 points, and those 11 points were in a quick burst uh, flurry of threes, which were huge to get us onto that, you know, comeback momentum. Kevin Samuel was doing double-double things, as he tends to do, and Largy stepped it up down the stretch, finishing with 18 points. It really, it was just the tale of two halves, and I, I just thought it was really cool to see them come out and fired up. I think, like, you know, when, when you're, especially at the watch party, right, it's hard to analyze exactly why everything's happening. You're in this environment with a lot of people. You're having a good time. You're not analyzing basketball. You know what I mean? To a degree. But so like when you're watching, it's just like, oh my God, everybody's scoring. Yeah. Zach Anderson hits three threes in the second half, like all early in the half. And it's a big swing and Timmy Dunmartin can't miss. And Samuel's cleaning up the boards and putting it back. And another guy, Carlos Rosario came in in awesome relief, 10 points in 15 minutes um, his best game in Eagles uniform, just, just good stuff from a lot of people. But so, you know, in hindsight, and you can sort of tell this watching the game, cause you heard Rosario and Anderson's name mentioned offensively more than usual. Um, but also with Largy getting back up to 18 points and Samuel scoring his 10, it's, it's, um, encouraging to me that the last couple of games, last few games, other guys besides Tavian Martin are also scoring in double figures. Not just one guy who gets ten or twelve, um, which is usually Samuel, but guy. There's was it five, five guys in double? Yeah, five guys in double figures tonight with Tavian Dunn Martin scoring twenty two. It's fine if he's your offensive, you know, leader every night. That's to be expected. But when he scores fourteen, which is low for him, you have to have a guy score 18, 20, something like that. And another guy score 12, 14, another guy score 10. Like you have to have a balanced effort like that unless you're playing a super defensive game, which is not what we necessarily do right now. The defense looked kind of good versus Lipscomb for a lot of stretches, but of course there were guys left open. You're always going to have that against the zone and against a team like Lipscomb who hits the three so well, that's probably not a team you want to leave open. But um, luckily they... 
weren't missing, weren't making very many shots, and for the most part, we were guarding the perimeter pretty decently. Follow up with what you said, Russell. Yeah, if if Taven Dunmartin had ten, I would hope Caleb Cato could have stepped it up and had fourteen, fifteen, because he had a pretty down night himself. He was there making the passes he always makes, uh, being yeah, a the, good the the off box score. Right, Stats. being a good body, a good a good player, didn't show up in the box score too much. The four rebounds and three assists are good. Just six points on the night on a couple of three pointers that also came at really good times. But yeah, um, you know, it's who fills the void when when TDM isn't scoring thirty plus. That's probably one of the team's biggest identity crisis crises right there is when Tavian's scoring five just has a bad night. Who is going to be the, the right. guy or two guys to? Which, to, to Tavian Dunmartin's credit, doesn't happen very often. But it has, and it will. And so, yeah, it's you can't rely on Kevin Samuel to score 18-20 every time. Sometimes he's going to score 10, like he did tonight. Um, he's always going to get you you know, 10 to 14 rebounds. But um, the scoring, you, you can't rely on him to, to get upwards of 20 every night. So, whether it's Largy, whether it's Cato, whether it's, you know, Halverson and Richie have been that guy sometimes, and they both put up you know, zero points tonight um, in very few minutes. But you just a lot of guys tonight stepped up when they needed to and really added to that run, and that's encouraging. And, yeah, I think we did a good job limiting uh, Asadula on Lipscomb. I mean, we didn't really limit him. I mean, he's still at 18 points and nine rebounds, but – Seeing as what he's did done to us in the past, well, he scored pretty much his average right. that he scored. Like his, he's a little bit more points, spot on with the rebounds. But in the first half, he seemed like, oh god, this guy's going to be a problem again. Here comes another career high, and then in the second half, it was you know smothering, blocking, stealing. Yeah, I think it wasn't like Samuel. That was such a fun matchup to watch. I knew you knew it was going to be, and it and it was watching them just body on body, you know, do whatever happens. Sometimes uh, Asajula would score. He's going to do that. doesn't matter who's guarding him. Um, so Samuel would back him down and get a bucket, would rebound the ball, get a bucket. You know, it was a great little duel there. But um, one thing besides Samuel blocking him a couple times, um, other guys, it was those smart veteran savvy moves of guys just running and rotating in defense, even while he's matched up with Samuel. Um, and getting steals from him or making him turn over the ball. Uh, Asadula had seven turnovers. So that that's a big part of why FGC is able to, you know, capitalize on those turnovers and end up winning the game by nearly double figures. And looking ahead at the rest of the schedule, there are six games remaining. You know, North Alabama, we play next. You mentioned that. They are one of the worst teams in conference right now, if not the worst. I believe they have two conference wins. So I'm not going to say anything, but, you know, hopefully we... You should win. Win you there. Got, you got to do the work to do it, but you should win. Stetson will be a, a, another probably closely battled game. And Kennesaw looking for uh, yeah. some sort of revenge I want a game. revenge game there because the last two times we've played them have been horrible. Again, North Florida has been struggling. After that's after Kennesaw, so I'm, they just beat Jacksonville State, though, which is weird. Yeah, <laughs> it they're, just goes to show you the like you said before, yeah. plenty of times that any given night in college ball, a sun ball doesn't matter. That's college basketball for you. You know, you you could have for all we know, we could have North Alabama and North Florida in the freaking championship of the a sun. <laughs> no, I think we know that that won't happen. <laughs> no, I know, but 
And then Liberty again, just try to put a muzzle on Darius McGee. <laughs> and hoping, you know, all these games we're hoping for a win, obviously. I don't, <laughs> I don't hope for anything else. But we're just looking and kind of, you know, it's not, it's not the toughest schedule, but it's, it's conference. So, so our last two games are like revenge games. Yeah. Coupled with Kennesaw State. Yeah, with a UNF in between there. but Because Jacksonville stole one from us. Liberty just had a god on their side. <laughs> and Kennesaw, you know, we just need to do better. Yeah. But, yeah, ending the year at, uh, versus Jacksonville at Alico Arena. But, yeah, it's every game down the stretch, these last six games, including UNA in the Western Division, is winnable. Even when you take out the cop-out of every game can be a win, every game can be a loss, it's like you should beat North Alabama. You should beat Stetson. You should or should not beat Kennesaw. You should beat North Florida. You know, the person on the outside would say, oh, Liberty's going to win. But, again, any given day. Uh, You should beat Jacksonville. So it's like it's it's a lot to ask for a team to, you know, win six or uh, five out of six. But, you know, if that's the case, it's it's a good end of the year, and it's exactly what you want heading into, um, you know, the A-Sun tournament. Well, that's all I got. Yeah, it's been a while since we were on the pod, so we wanted to do one after the this initial watch party. And to remind everyone, we're going to be doing this again on the 19th on Saturday against UNF. So... We can watch the guys play on the TV, and they'll be up in Jacksonville. That's where UNF is, right? Yeah. They'll be up in Jacksonville, hopefully taking care of some business. Um, But thanks, everyone, for coming out. Thanks, World of Beer. Go Eagles. Go Eagles.